Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. So this morning is week four, right? If we, we have that picture in our minds of the baseball diamond, we were talking about uh, this journey of church membership, church membership, maturity, growing in Christ. We talked about that the second week, the third week, last week, Anthony preached about ministry. And this week we're talking about mission or home base, right? We're coming around, we're, we're coming around the bend there. We're getting ready to score a run. It's week four. We're preparing for church membership. And we go back to the previous slide today, we're going to talk about living, discovering my life on mission or discovering my life mission. Our friends at Gen Send, they talk about um, their phrase is, we are living life on mission in the city. So this summer, um, Baptists are inviting college students to travel to any one of our 22 Send cities. And what we're saying to college students this year is live your life on mission in Baltimore. Come to Baltimore and live life on mission. We're not saying come on a mission trip. The mission trip says it has a beginning and an end, and then you go back home and live life just the way you were living life before. This summer, by way of introduction, what we're saying um, to college students and to us, right, as followers of Jesus is, what does it mean to be living my entire life, living my life on mission? And so we're saying to college students, come to our city and do that this summer with us. But then when you go home, keep living your life on mission. Or what if God speaks to you in your heart while you're here this summer and you say, I want to stay in Baltimore and live my life on mission in this city, right? Um, so, but we're talking here at Graffiti as members of a church, as members of this body of Christ, what does it mean as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, to live my life on mission? Uh, next slide. There we go. That's great. I am. The goal here is, uh, and I, I've shared with you, that this process of church membership, while we're studying the scriptures and you heard our key verses this morning from Matthew 28, 19, and 20, right? The Great Commission that Jesus commanded his disciples to go and be disciple makers. This material itself is not original to me. I'm sharing with you what we're going to go over in our membership classes in the next couple of months. But it is still the Word of God speaking to our hearts and our lives this morning. So the goal is I am committing the rest of my life to being a messenger of God's good news, the gospel, to other people, a messenger to other people, and using my time, talents, and treasure for his kingdom, regardless of where it leads or what it costs. That means that wherever God places me, wherever God places you or calls you to live calls you to live your life, you're living your life on mission for Christ. But right now here at Graffiti, we're saying, if you and I are going to be members of the same church, right, we want to have this unity of purpose. 
we all have the same goal, and then we all understand what it is, who we are in Christ, and what it is God is calling us to do as his church. But to do that, there are a few things we need to go over. For, for, for many of you, this is not new information, but it's exciting and it's encouraging. Number one, we're going to see this morning, God's purpose for creating us. So God created us for a purpose. He has a plan for our lives. And we're going to start there all the way back in Genesis. Um, Genesis 1.26. Uh, that is beautiful. I like that. You go, Morgan. Okay. You guys don't know. I send her these plain black and white slides, right? And then on Sunday morning, they look amazing, right? So Genesis 1.26, the first thing that we see here is we were made or we were created, we were built to have a relationship with God. Genesis 1.26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. There is something beautiful, wonderful, and amazing about who you are individually, but we also share something. Everyone in this room, everyone who's ever been conceived and or born into this world, we share something precious that we, each one, are created in the image of God. There is something about God. There is something about um, God that he put into each and every one of us. Now, that speaks to the value of human life. Oh, my gosh. I'll go down a rabbit trail and we'll never make it back. But, but watch this. You're, if God values you that highly that you are created in the image of, of God, how then should I treat you? How should we treat one another? How should we view or look at people or think about people or speak to people around us with no exception? If that person, or what if my first thought that I have about you when I see you is, wow, this person was created in the image of God. What if that's my first thought if, uh, what if that's your first thought when I say something ugly to you or don't treat you well? Oh my, Pastor Charlie's created in the image of God. <laughs> that's not our first thought sometimes, is it? But, uh, but not only were you created in the image of God, God built us for relationship. He said to Adam, it is not good for the man to be alone. And then God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. We are built for relationship. There is um, a longing, a yearning, a desire for connection. And, and, and God provides for us some of that for us with his church. It's, it, so God's purpose for creating us, one, we are created for relationship. Um, next slide. Um, I like the way Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says this in this particular version. Long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. We are adopted into God's family through Jesus Christ. Doesn't happen by accident, doesn't happen by being a good person. Jesus Christ has provided salvation that when we confess our sins, he forgives us. The Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are reunited with the God who created us. 
We're separated by our sin. We're reunited through Jesus Christ when we surrender our lives to him. But so we were created for relationship. Number two, I like this. We talked about this in week two. We were made to become like Christ. We were. I'm going to turn to Romans 8.29. You'll see it there on the slide, and that's okay too. Um, very familiar verses, but it says here, For those, Romans 8.29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed or shaped to the image of his son so that we would be the firstborn, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. God is shaping us. There's this process that Christians that we call sanctification. We are, as followers of Jesus, becoming more like Christ. And there's that, that spiritual growth, that work that God is doing in us, and that work that you are doing. You're reading, you're praying, you're calling out to God, you're saying, God, I do, I want to be. But there's that work that Christ is doing, and we are becoming conformed. Now, that word in the Bible literally means to be shaped. We're being shaped to become more like Christ. Uh, the next slide, I think, is another version of that verse that I like. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. And that's the message version of the Bible. And sometimes I like, and, and, and it's good here. I, okay, use your words, Charlie. It communicates effectively here. I like this version of Romans 8.29. So next, number three. So we're becoming like Christ. We're built for relationship. We're becoming like Christ. Number three. We were made to serve his purpose. Now, I think we talked about Ephesians 4.10, I mean, Ephesians 2.10 a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to turn there. Um, I love this verse. Because we talked about Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, and verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, um, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. God made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. So we were created, guys, to serve God's purpose. We'll do that together um, here at Graffiti Church. We'll do that together, sharing the gospel, loving people in unity, growing in Christ together. So we were made to serve God's purpose. Now, so secondly, so secondly, first we see God's purpose for creating us, right? Secondly, we're going to see Jesus' mission on earth. So we're going to talk about living life on mission. How are we going to live life on mission? We're going to do it the way Jesus did, right? So we talked about this in the next slide. We talked about the problem. The problem is our sin has broken our relationship with God. I got a little ahead of myself. Our sin has broken our relationship with God, Adam and Eve's sin. They pass that sin nature on to us. 
no one ever had to teach me to do something wrong. Um, I might have been a cute little baby. My parents loved me, held me, fed me, right? But no one had to teach me to do anything wrong. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we were born with that inclination. Um, we are all born sinners. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So sin has broken our relationship with God. That is how we become separated. We were separated from God. Next slide. God's solution then, God took the initiative to bring us back to himself. How did he do that? The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that anyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When I believe, when I put my faith in Christ alone, when I confess my sins, when I say, Jesus, I want to be reunited with God, I want to become your child. God has provided us the solution for our broken relationship with God. We were built for this relationship. The relationship was broken by sin. God provides us with the solution, and the solution is his son, Jesus Christ, providing for our salvation. So then, uh, in the next slide here, we'll see another, uh, another verse, namely, 2 Corinthians 5.19, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their wrongdoings against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I like this word reconcile. So God has set out this plan. He was in Christ making right the world to himself. Reconciling. When the books don't add up, they have to be reconciled. Something's wrong. You have to identify what is wrong and then you fix it. You see, we can't fix this problem ourselves. I am incapable of fixing my separation from God. I can't go to church enough. I can't be a good person. The sinful nature that I have, I can't correct it myself. My good works will never outweigh my sins. I'm not perfect, right? So perfection is out the window, right? I know there's some people that don't, they struggle with that. Um, something interestingly enough the way God saved me I I never had a problem I recognized my own sinfulness I don't know even as a kid when I accepted Christ when I became a follower of Jesus when I was about 12 years old oh yeah sin oh yeah I did that I did that oh yeah yeah I don't know I, I just I didn't I recognized my sinfulness but there's this beautiful picture of Christ coming in there's this beautiful picture of Christ coming in and reckon, making this relationship right. It's as though, and uh, Diane and I will say this, and she says it, uh, and, and she reminds me of it. It's like God takes your sins, all of them, and he puts them in the deepest part of the ocean where they cannot be seen, and then he puts up a no fishing sign. As a matter of fact, when you confess your sins and become a follower of Jesus, God sees you through the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. God sees you through the perfection that Christ provides. You are not perfect, Christ is. 
you are brought back into this relationship that was broken. Have you ever had like a really good friendship or a really good relationship and you just thought you'd be friends with that person forever? And then something like tragic happens or something cruddy happens and <laughs> trust is broken or misunderstanding happens and the relationship is broken and, and you're just like, you're heartbroken, you, you cry, you can't stand it. That person was your best friend. You don't know what happened. How could this happen to? And God says, I'm gonna send Jesus. And Jesus is gonna have to do something really difficult. And people are gonna do cruddy stuff. He, Jesus is really gonna suffer, but he's gonna do it because he loves you so much. He wants you to be reunited back in that relationship with God. Some of our earthly relationships, they're just not made right. We move on in life, we go to different places, we make new friends, but, but not this one. It says God is reconciling us through Jesus. We're making that, God is making that relationship right. Jesus does that on your behalf. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're hearing this message and then um, I, I hope it's a hopeful message for you. Recognizing that you're separated from God is not a pretty picture. Admitting that you're a sinner is not a fun thing. To be broken over one's sinfulness and to know that sin grieves God's heart. Those are difficult statements. Those are hard things. But then we see the great love of God. Remember, God created you. He built you for relationship. He wants you back. And God did. You know, you say, I'll do anything to have that friendship back, or I'll do anything to have that person. That's what God did. God did anything. God did everything. He sent Jesus so that you could be brought back into right relationship with him. So, so I want to do this. I want to live life on mission. I want to do it like Jesus. But Jesus gave his all. That's a tall order. As followers of Jesus in a church together, we need to know that we need to trust and believe that we're standing together. That's why we're going over this, that you've got my back, I've got your back. There is great, there is great privilege to being part of the body of Christ in a church, and there's great responsibility as well. So thirdly then, we're going to see why Jesus' mission must matter to me. So Jesus was on a mission, that was his mission, to reconcile us with God. Well, guess what? You're a follower of Jesus. You've accepted Christ. You've become a follower. You're growing in your faith. Guess what? You and I have a mission as well. You and I have a mission as well. So number one, if I want to be like Jesus, my life mission must include his life mission. My life mission must become his life mission. So in John 17, 18, uh, and I love this prayer this is the real Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer of Jesus having a conversation with God. I love John chapter 17. Jesus prayed to the Father, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I will give them a mission in the world. I'm not gonna turn to John 17, because if I go there, I'll stay there and I'll keep you all here way past lunch. I, I, I love, but go back and read this conversation. Jesus said, <laughs> you know, the world hated me, the world's going to hate you too. But he says, I've given them, just like you gave me a mission, God, now that I've called them and they're your children and they're my children, I'm going to give them the same mission. So you and I, 
we have a purpose, we have a mission from Jesus himself. My life mission has to be his life mission. Number two, Jesus expects me to continue in his mission. Now, he's going to give all these five great commissions of Jesus. We always hear Matthew 28, 19, and 20 that was read in the beginning of, of the service as the great commission. For many followers of Jesus, it uh, has become the great omission, right? We, we become followers of Jesus, we get saved, we start to follow the Lord, and then we just, we don't share our faith with other people. We get all the good stuff and keep it to ourselves. That's not what Jesus has called us to do. So he says, first, um, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. It's there. I'll read it again, though. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. You know, Jaden was here a couple weeks ago. He had to go to Richmond for some international mission board training. And I believe he's gone now. I believe he's, he's this week or next, Jaden is um, has taken his calling quite literally and he will be in the Philippines for two years and why sharing the gospel and starting churches so other people can hear about Jesus Jaden is giving his life as a missionary and he's starting his first two years uh, in the Philippines and so keep remembering to pray for him Jaden and I are prayer partners uh, and he's so faithful that um, he's really encouraged me in my prayer life uh, I love that young man. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. Jesus said this to his disciples following the resurrection. Before he departed into heaven, he gave the disciples their marching orders. They are ours as well. As a church family here, that is what we will do above all else, I hope, that through our actions, through our love of our, that we will share with our community, and through verbally and in our actions, sharing the love of Christ with others, that other men and women and guys and girls will become followers of Jesus because we're just a little bit faithful. So then he says, next slide, in Mark 16, 15, you are to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Pretty simple, pretty specific, right? Good news. Um, in the Greek language, uh, eongelion, the good news is the gospel. You are to go into all the world and preach the good news. Jesus expects me to continue in his mission. The next slide, in Luke, he says it a little bit differently. He says, with my authority, take this message of repentance to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who turn to me. I love the scripture there in Luke. We're getting the picture here, right? Next slide, John chapter 20. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Jesus is sending us out to share the gospel with others. The function of the church here as followers of Jesus together, we will, we will do that in our community, 
sharing the gospel, the good news of Christ's kingdom with those who do not yet know Jesus. And Acts 1.8 in the next slide. It's a familiar scripture. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, Graffiti Church, you will be my witnesses in Baltimore, in Maryland, D.C., in Virginia, in the United States, and all over the world. You will be my missionaries. You will be my witnesses. So as we come as a small group of believers at 24th and Greenmount in East Baltimore at this time, as we enter into church membership together, the picture has been painted for us, the mission, the picture has been painted for us very clearly through the Word of God, by Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, that we were created for a purpose, that Jesus' mission on earth has become our mission on earth, and that we are to be as witnesses. So that is who we're going to be and what we're going to do as members of this church at East Baltimore Graffiti Church. So the goal at the very beginning, I think it was the second or third slide, the goal was um, I am committing the rest of my life to being a messenger of God's good news, the gospel, to other people. And I'm going to use my time, talents, and treasure. Hey, look, when you go to work every day, you might think, man, uh, I don't know how I'm going to be a, um, you know, how I'm going to share the gospel and follow Jesus. If you spend 40 hours a week on a job, if you're on a job Monday through Friday, hey, man, you have relationships with people. People are, if they find out you're a Christian, they're going to watch you. <laughs> and even if they don't know you are a Christian, they should know there's something different about you by the way you treat you and I treat people when we're out and about. Your job is the mission field. Your workplace is, when you're on a campus several days a week and in those same classes every semester with the same people, hey, that campus is the mission field where you share the gospel. If you're like me and you have the privilege of spending your days on Greenmount Avenue like I do, that's the mission field. That's where I am to be sharing the gospel day in and day out. So my time, talents, and treasures for God's kingdom. You know, God's given you spiritual gifts. He's given you skills and talents. Surrender them to the Lord and watch what God does. Some of you are doing that. Um, and I'm not assuming that you're not doing it. I'm saying, but surrender them to God and see what God does. I know we have goals and ambitions. There's things you want to do with your life. Surrender that to the Lord and see what God does with it. Regardless of where it leads or what it costs, sometimes following Jesus is going to be very costly. Jesus himself said, you are going to suffer hardship on this earth if you follow me. When, when I share the gospel with people, I say, being a follower of Jesus is not always easy. Sometimes you're going to be called to love un, very unlovable people. Sometimes you might not be so lovable yourself. But Oh, I'm sorry, that's me, not you. But, but you might be called to do something hard. You might be living out your convictions on your job and somebody doesn't like it and you might have to take a hard, you might, you might get called on the carpet at work. You know, in this world, Jesus said, you're going to suffer for my sake. There are followers of Jesus being imprisoned and losing their lives in other countries. 
Um, you know, we went to Egypt a couple of times, and when we were there, basically it's illegal to proselytize, to share the gospel. And students who are there studying, like our daughter was, had to be careful about sharing their faith because they took a risk. One, of being kicked out of the country is, is the reality for an American. Could be kicked out of the country for sharing the gospel, but worse things than that can happen to you as well. Um, this I could share it now since several years ago, but our daughter had a Bible study at her apartment and she was thoughtful about who she invited to the Bible study and she really relied on God to lead her the Holy Spirit to lead her about who to invite to her house to share the gospel with and to read the Bible because it was a little bit dangerous over there. Christian life's not always easy. Sometimes you have to make hard choices, man, you know? Um, what kind of relationships you're going to have with people and does Christ come first in those relationships and, and the courage to share the gospel, to endure the difficult times. I won't carry on with that, but I don't want us to assume, and, and the Christian life is wonderful, and, and forgiveness for our sins, and living for Jesus, and serving God in the local church is great, it's exciting, it's wonderful. But let's not forget Jesus said, if you follow me, you are going to have some hardship. So we must be honest in communicating the gospel as well. But as we close today, um, as this church family, as we move forward, um, February 20th will be our first um, membership class that will take place after church. And um, um, if you filled out a card and you said, Pastor, I'm interested in church membership, or Pastor Charlie, I, I don't know, um, I need to be baptized in order to become a member. What is this whole baptism thing about? You're going to sprinkle me or dunk me and what's going on there? Um, the word baptize, baptizo, that means you're going under the water. It's okay, we have a really cool hot tub. Might even let you hang out afterwards and chill. But no, seriously, um, do I know Jesus? Have I been baptized? And why is it important to be a member of a church? So if you've given me that card, we're going to talk about those things. But February 20th, um, you're all invited, even encouraged, to come to that membership class. So taking action as a result of the sermon today, do I know Jesus as my Savior? Do I need to be baptized in obedience to God? And am I a member of a local church? Let's go to the Lord in prayer.